Hello, and welcome to Discipleship, The Hard Sayings. I'm your host, Darren Laws, and we thank you for joining us, and uh, hope you're having a wonderful day or evening, depending on when you tune in to listen. Uh, so today I'd like to share some thoughts uh, out of First Timothy chapter 6. Um, we do a Bible study on Thursday nights, and and we just recently did chapter 6, worked through verses 1 through 10. And as we worked through verses 1 and 2, it really made me think. And it made me think about our Christian life and our walk that we have in Christ and, and what it looks like today in the culture that we live in. Because we live in a, a culture that's all about us, it's all about me, it's everybody does what they want and that's right and it's even crept into the church uh, that once we're born again or once we're saved that we now are free in Christ and as it says in Romans 8 1 there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus what an amazingly beautiful passage of scripture that is to know that if you're born again you're no longer under the judgment and wrath of God for your sins but it's not for us to take advantage of that, to, to go back and live however it is that we choose. And as I was looking at these two verses in 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, it really made me think about some things. But I'm going to go ahead and read them, and then we'll talk about some thoughts. He says, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort, says Paul uh, to Timothy here. And on the surface, it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on in these verses. But in reality, these verses have a lot to say. Uh, we apply these a lot of times in today's context because obviously um, we don't operate much under the master-slave context. And uh, so we, we tend to equate these verses to our bosses, uh, people we work for. And, and uh, so in other words, we would say something like if we have a boss who's not very nice to us, if we're believers, we still need to respect this boss and, and, and treat him as such as our boss. Uh, not for because of him, but because of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to display him. But as I got to thinking about these verses, and I got to thinking about our culture, and, and how all this stuff has come into the church, that we can just live as we want and do as we please, and, and even sometimes... Uh, once we get saved, we tend to think that we don't deserve to be treated a certain way. And, and this is a, a big deal in our society today that we don't deserve to be treated this way or that way. Or Everything just offends everybody. And as a believer, we don't need to get wrapped up into, into what's going on. Uh, as believers, we don't need to run around saying, I'm offended. We don't need to be running around saying, I don't deserve this, or to be treated this way. or uh, It's just not befitting of a born-again Christian. Uh, 
So when we look at verses 1 and 2 here in chapter 6, he's talking about slaves and their masters and those slaves being under a yoke, um, under a burden. And uh, he's still telling that slave that even if he has a, a, a master over him who has a yoke about him, to respect him. Uh, and that's a very strong statement. We're going to dig into that just a little bit. But Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verses 20 through 23, I think we can kind of apply here. It says, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. In other words, if, if we're not in too good of a spot and God saves us, we don't need to expect uh, to get out of whatever we're in. If we're a slave at the time God saved us back in the Bible days, uh, then you remain that way. He says, Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. In other words, if a person was a slave back then and God saved them, they were to remain as a slave. But if opportunity came for them to be free, well, obviously, then that's what they should do. But he says, For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. And likewise, also, he that is called being free is Christ's servant or slave. Uh, once we're born again, we become slaves to righteousness or slaves to Christ. Verse 23 says, Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. So what happens is our view changes. Our idea of what's going on changes. Uh, we no longer take into consideration so much our own circumstances for our own purposes, but now we try to look at things through our Lord's eyes. And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, he says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And verse 23, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So I think the way we act and the way we live is a big deal. Uh, I think it's important today, especially, uh, that we live lives of godliness, uh, honoring God, uh, seeking to glorify God in the way that we live. And even in this context, uh, we don't, don't need to, to be saying, I don't deserve this. Because in this context, in verse 1 of chapter 6 of, of 1 Timothy, when he says, as many servants as are under the yoke, count their masters worthy of all honor or of all respect. Why? This is where it becomes important in how we live our lives uh, in this watching world. He says that the name of God and his his doctrine or his teaching be not blasphemed. This is a strong statement, uh, and this is sometimes difficult, I think. Uh, we don't want to, to look at these kind of passages. Uh, these are part of the hard teachings of Scripture. 
Because in this context, as a slave and a master, it's telling this slave that he is to respect his master. No matter what, if he's beating him, he respects him. If he's overworking him, he respects him. Um, and he does it unto the Lord. But why does he do it? He does it so that the master doesn't blaspheme God. Because if I live a life in such a way that I, I tell somebody I'm a Christian, and then I live much like the world does, and this person now starts to speak bad about my God and, and starts to say, oh, well, if you're a Christian and you live that way, then what kind of God is this? This is no God. You don't, you don't serve a God. You're still serving yourself. Then we're responsible for pushing that person away from God, and we're responsible for that person blaspheming our God because of our behavior. Now, the Bible tells us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and do what? Glorify our Father which is in heaven. Not glorify us, but to glorify our Father which is in heaven. So I think... As Christians, we need to come back to the concept that we are bought with a price, that, that we are purchased with the precious, precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because we're purchased, we should live as such. We shouldn't strive to live holy and righteous lives trying to earn our way into heaven because that's not going to do us any good. The only way that we can have that benefit of heaven is through the finished work of Jesus Christ and putting our faith and trust in Him. It's not of anything that we do, but of what He has already done. So it's important that we understand that, but because we've received that, we need to live lives of godliness and holiness and righteousness. We need to really strive for this. Um, this is something I think we lack in the church today. I think we lack it as believers uh, because we have these freedoms. And sometimes it's dangerous when we focus on the freedoms we have in Christ. Uh, we're not under the yoke anymore. He says His yoke is easy and His burden is light. How wonderful of news is that? But nevertheless, does this mean that we're not to strive to live in obedience to the Word of God? That we're not to die to the flesh, uh, to mortify the deeds of our flesh. And it's important that we do this. Uh, it's important that we make our goal to glorify God in our lives. And that means we don't walk after the lust of our own flesh. Sometimes that might mean we need to lay down some habits we have. Sometimes that might mean that we need to quit watching certain programs that bring dishonor to our God. Uh, sometimes we might watch TV and we're looking at a program that's nothing but sin and wickedness and we're laughing and carrying on right with it, condoning it and being part of it. And we need to pull ourselves away from that not because we're going to earn favor, but because we don't want to dishonor our God. We want to try to live lives of holiness and righteousness and to live godly lives. 
and to separate ourselves from the things that God hates, which is sin. I mean, why would we want to partake in all these things that are so sinful? So I think it's important that we try to refrain ourselves from from being wrapped up in our own our own uh, lust of our own flesh and our own desires and, and, and everything that we seek for ourselves and start seeking the things of God. Um, Paul again says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12, he says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. And all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So we need to we need to understand that yes, we have these freedoms in Christ because we're not under the condemnation anymore. Um, and it's because we're not under the con- condemnation anymore that, that we really should strive to refrain from sinful things and not be like the world. Jesus says that we're to be in the world but not of the world. We're to separate ourselves from the the world's system and understand that we were bought with a price, that we're set apart for a different purpose. Uh, in chapter 10 of Corinthians, in verse 23, he says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient, and all things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. In other words, if we're doing things that's not edifying us and edifying those around us, then we probably don't need to be doing them. Um, We need to really strive to refrain from getting involved in wickedness. Uh, And just like in in Timothy, when we're looking in chapter 6 about being a servant under a master and how we live to respect him, Again, this is our whole different attitude, a whole different way of life. Being a Christian is not just reading your Bible and going to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. It's not even just reading your Bible, and it's not even just studying. But it is reading it, studying it, and growing in the knowledge of it, as Paul says in Colossians. Um, in Colossians chapter 1, I believe, and... and uh, Verse 9, he says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And verse 10 tells us that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we are to study the word of God. We are to be on our knees in prayer. And we're to let his word have its perfect work in our lives that we can go out and live differently uh, than the world does. Uh, when, when the world lives in such a way that they say, I don't deserve this, we don't do that. Because we ultimately know that as human beings, we all deserve death and hell. We all deserve the wrath of God upon us. But by God's grace... Through faith in Jesus Christ, that yoke can be taken away, and we're no longer under the wrath of God. I mean, this is an amazing thing, so we should live differently, uh, because we know we deserve much more than we'll ever get here on this earth. Uh, 
So therefore, when we are in circumstances that may seem harsh uh, to us, then we endure those serving God and living unto the glory of Jesus Christ so that those who are before us can see this and not give us the big pat on the back, but to say, wow, that really is a Christian right there. He is living for Jesus Christ, and it's it's got to be by his power that he's able to withstand this. It's got to be by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that he has this humility about him. Uh, That he's not only thinking of himself. So I, I would just encourage you as I was looking at these verses to think about these things, to think about our lives and how we live, how we react to circumstances in our lives. Uh, do we try to to lord over people or, or do we live humbly as our Lord did? Uh, understanding that it's, it's to His glory that we live. And in verse 2 of this, real quickly, it's also important, I think, to look at, and in uh, 1 Timothy 6, in verse 2, that they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort, you know. Sometimes we think, and in this case, too, this is also under the, the master and servant uh, circumstance, and it's telling this servant then not to think that you're to come out from under being a servant, but to even serve him more so because he's a brother in Christ. Uh, I find that very interesting. We get saved and think we should be pulled out of certain circumstances. We might have a really bad job, and we think when we get saved that we no longer deserve this bad job, but because we follow Christ, we should have a better job. And and that's not the case because the bottom line is we're to serve Christ right where he's put us and to glorify him right where we are because obviously there's people around us that need to see our lives and they need to hear the gospel we need to speak the gospel with our mouths uh, there's some statements I hear right often that that, that um, you know that we're to go out and, and share the gospel um, and when necessary, use words. Uh, I totally disagree with this statement because the gospel is to be proclaimed by the mouth. Uh, Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we're to be proclaiming the gospel by mouth, but we're also to be living what we're proclaiming. Uh, as we're growing in the knowledge of God, we're to be applying that to our lives and living it and serving him. And doing all to his glory, as it tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 31, to do all to the glory of God. And so if I'm a, a servant or, a, or working in a job that's not good, then I'm still to work that job and do it to the best of my ability to glorify my God and to draw my boss or master or whatever to God. Uh, because I don't want them to speak ill of my God because of my behavior. So these are just some thoughts that I was having and thought I would share them, and I hope they're beneficial for you. Uh, 
If you do have any questions, you can send me an email at discipleshipths at gmail.com, and I will get back with you if you send me an email and uh, if you have any questions, and we can discuss those. And so I thank you for listening, and I just pray that we would search ourselves and uh, see if we're living to the glory of God and see what sin is in our lives that we need to repent of so that we can continue on serving our God and sharing the gospel and living lives that are pleasing to Him so that one day we might hear, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Uh, With that, I'd like to close uh, with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, You're our great God. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your mercy. And we thank You for who You are, for all the blessings that You pour out upon us that we deserve none of. And Lord, I just pray that if anybody hears this and, and they don't know You, that You might draw them to Yourself, that You might convict them, prick their hearts, grant them repentance, uh, that they might put their faith and trust in You and become to know You as their Lord and Savior and serve You all the days of their lives. We thank You for that. We thank You for the salvation that comes through that shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and the hope that comes through the glorious resurrection. And for those that are listening that do know You, Lord, I just pray that we would search ourselves, that we would mortify the deeds of our flesh, that we would kill anything in our lives that stands between us and You, that draws us away from You, that dishonors You. I pray that You might reveal that to us, that we might confess it and turn from it and get rid of it, sever it from our lives, that we might grow in holiness and righteousness for Your glory Not that we might be above others, but that we might even be more below them with greater humility. And we just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your patience with us. And it's in Jesus Christ's precious and most holy name we pray. Amen. Well, I thank you for listening. And until next time, study the word and may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.